Thanks for joining me today. My name is James Briscoe. I'm an ordained Baptist minister, and I've been that for the last 27 years. God has also, in these latter days, called me to be one of his prophets, the latter-day prophets. The prophets came when the religious people failed to do their job. The religious leaders failed to do their job. And the prophets came, and they called out sin, and they called out the sinners. And that's what we are doing today. We're calling out sin and calling out the sinners. So we come to do our job, and we're going to do our job until the Lord calls us home. Thank you for all things. Our purpose is to reach the remnant slash elect and tell them time is running out. We're moving closer to the end of the age, and they need to get their acts together and be prepared for the rapture. Jesus Christ is going to call us up. And he's going to call the church up and out of the great tribulation. So we're prepared for that. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for watching after us and taking care of us. We ask you to continue to do that just as you've done in the past, do it in the present, and do it in the future. And we'll thank you and praise you forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak through me and for me to who's ever out there in the listening order who desires to hear the truth. Our subject today is, and our title of our subject is, What Secular Christians Believe. What secular Christians believe. First, I want to define a term before we get started. The term is postmodernism. It is a theological term, which means there are no universal religious truths or laws. Our reality is shaped by social, historical, and cultural context, according to the human individual's place and time. So really, it's just saying there is no real truth and knowledge is invented and not discovered and it's made by man. That's what it's all about. My second definition is what is a secular Christian? It's plain and simple. Secular Christian is a worldly Christian, person who says that he is saved but has a lot of the worldly kind of concepts and ideas that he practices and that he believes. So he's just a worldly Christian. Well, let's get started. Now let's counter some of the widespread faulty beliefs that are relevant today. Here are the 10 most prevalent, deductive, seductive, unbiblical beliefs that counter what the Bible says. This is what these secular Christians believe, and these are the ideas that they promote in their daily living. Let's move to them. I have 10 relevant, seductive, unbiblical beliefs that the secular Christians promote and follow. Let's begin with the first one. This survey, which was used to get the, uh, the, 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 the truths on our, how people feel about these certain kinds of ideas was done. And so it's, it's a survey I'm going to be reading about. This survey found that 62% of the secular Christians believe the postmodern idea that having faith matters more than what faith you might have. The Bible teaches in John 14 and 6, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. The Bible unashamedly teaches that the Judeo-Christian faith is the only valid spiritual pathway. Faiths are not equal. So, what the Bible teaches is that the Judeo-Christian faith is the only valid spiritual pathway to God. So that's what it is, and that's and and that's what the Bible teaches. And they believe that just faith is good enough, and it's not what you believe, but just having faith. Let's move to the second widespread faulty belief that they follow, these secular Christians. Second one is all faiths are equal in value. All faiths are of equal value. 62% of them believe this, and it is a common, it is common among the Catholic Church or Romanists, and mainly the, the mainline Protestants. In Acts 4:12, it says this: Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The worldly people criticize Christians for being an exclusive faith, the one true faith. The Bible states that we are called to only serve, worship, and love Jehovah God and no other idols or deities. You understand that? So they think that all faiths are of equal value. You know, the the uh, various other faiths are false, and there's one faith that is a counterfeit faith, and that's the Islamic faith. It's counterfeit, trying to replace the only true faith. So the Bible states that we are called only to serve and worship and love Jehovah God, and no other idols or deities or any other false or counterfeit religions. The third one of the widespread faulty beliefs has 58% of the secular Christians, they believe in the Eastern religious concept of karma. You heard that before. The Eastern religious notion of karma believes that in our lives, we will be rewarded or punished in the future life that we live. This is not found in the Bible. Our faith teaches that our actions will have consequences. And I talk about that all the time. However, the only action that affects our future eternity is whether we respond or not to the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is found in Hebrews, the ninth chapter and 27th verse. And it says, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment of God. You understand? We believe that there are not any lives that we live. It's where we don't follow that Hindu teaching of that we're in a secular type of a time span. No. Once you live this life, this is the last life you're going to live, and as he says in Hebrew. Once you live this life, it's appointed you death, one time to die, and then comes your judgment. 
So we do not have to be worried about some secular thing and that we will come start as a human being and come back as a bull, a brain or bull. That's nonsense. And the Bible doesn't go along with that. Let's move on. The fourth widespread faulty belief that they follow is this. The dismissal of absolute truth. And we said that was kind of the postmodernism. 67% of the secular Christians believe that there are no way to know something that is objectively right or wrong. We can't, there's no way to determine objectively anything that's objectively, whether it's right or wrong. This faulty belief is linked to the postmodernism. They believe there is no truth, whether your truth is better than my truth. We are told to stand on the word of God as our foundation for absolute truth. Psalms 119 verses 133 verses 149 read as thus. I'm taking a portion of them. Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Thy word is very true, pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. I love, and I love God's word. Thy servant loveth it. So we don't go along with that faulty belief that the secular Christians have, 67% of them have. We believe that we are told to stand on the word of God as our foundation for absolute truth. That's the only thing I stand on. When I want to know how I should go, I just refer back to God's word and the absolute truths that are found in it. You got to read the uh, Exodus, the 20th chapter, and then you need to go to Leviticus and read portion of that. And then you need to go to the book of Deuteronomy, which is a summary of what is, comes forth in those, those three books of law. Let's move to the, the fifth one. We don't want to get stuck. The fifth widespread faulty belief receives a 59% acceptance by the secular Christians. They believe that a commitment to a personal subjective morality is individualist and there are no outside standards to which people will be held accountable. You hear that? The commitment to a personal subjective morality is individualist and there are no outside standards to which people will be held accountable. However, the Bible teaches in Matthew 25 verses 31 through 46, and I will select just two of those verses. When the Son of Man shall come, in his glory and all the host of angels with him, then shall he sit upon his throne of glory and he shall say to those on his left, depart from me, ye cursed, and he will send them to the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. There is a judgment coming and people will be held accountable for what they believed and how they live their lives. You understand that? 
So this notion that they have, that it's just a, per, a commitment of your personal subjective, which determines your morality, you determine it, just a bunch of crazy, silly stuff. God has determined what is right and wrong, and he's written in over 350 commandments, ordinance, and various other laws to govern our lives, and he determines what's right and wrong. All you got to do is read that Bible and go to the book of Exodus and then read into the book of Leviticus and then come out of the, of the book uh, of Deuteronomy. There is a judgment coming and people will be held accountable for how they live their lives. Let's move to the sixth one. The sixth widespread faulty belief that they follow is this. 59%, 69%, I'm sorry, 69% of secular Christians believe the idea that people are basically good. You've heard me talk about that before. I talked about that before. They believe this seductive notion that everyone is inherently good. However, Romans 3 and 23, people often always quote this verse. Romans 3 and 23 states, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What else do I need to say? There are no basically inherently good people. We're all sinners. And for those who are saved, we're sinners saved by grace. So Paul wrote about it in the book of Romans, and he wrote about it in the other letters. And the fact is, that's just a humanistic idea that there, that there is inherent good in all people. It's not. And history certainly proves it. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let's move to the seventh one widespread faulty belief that these secular Christians follow and practice. Success is determined by happiness, comfort, goodness, or fulfilled potential. potential. Success is determined, your success is determined by how happy or comfort or goodness you are or your fulfilled potential. 65% of these secular Christians believe this concept. However, Matthew, again, I go to Matthew, 25th chapter, but different verses, 14 through 30, teaches differently. The parable of the talents. Remember the talents, how God gave the talents to the various men and how many. The parable of the talents makes the point that God expects us to use whatever he gives us to be faithful in the use for his glory we must serve him and reap the benefits i love that we must serve god and reap the benefits our success is determined by what god has given us and the talents that he's given the abilities he's given us and god expects us to use those talents whatever those talents are to give to be given back to him and we are to be faithful in his glory beautiful Beautiful. Let's move on to the eighth faulty, widespread belief that these secular Christians follow. You know many of them. Some of you out there in, the, in this listening area, some of those people who believe these things and follow these particular ideas. The eighth one is, it comes with a 74% approval 
Americans believe that sexual relations apart from marriage are morally acceptable. You hear that? Morally acceptable. However, Genesis 2, 24, 25, 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through, through 20, and 1 Thessalonians 4 through 1, through 8, I mean, give an excellent context for sexual relationships. An excellent, those verses, those scriptures do. I will use 1 Corinthians 6, 8, and the 18th verse and the 19th verse. It says this, flee from fornication. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, like stealing a car or robbing a person's house or breaking in a house or murdering something. But he has committed fornication, if you can do fornication, the sins against his own body. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which is of God. And you do not, listen to this, own your own body. I use this with the people for abortion to you crazy women out there who believe in abortion. This is not your body. That baby is not yours. It's a gift of God. These verses teach clearly that God designed marriage for a man and a woman. You hear that? A man and a woman for life. The Bible takes fornication, adultery, homosexual, and other sexual sins as a very serious offense against God. I'm going to get on that homosexual thing soon. And I'm going to talk about this offense against God because we're in a homosexual play at this at, at this particular time. Marriage is to be a permanent, exclusive, and sacred covenant between one man and one woman. One woman. I love that. One man and one man. The verses clearly teach that God has designed marriage for a man and a woman. And that any sexual sins are sins that are against your own body. Why? Because your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God. Let's move on. That was the eighth one. Let's move to the ninth one, and then we'll be at the tenth one, and we'll be finished with these uh, widespread faulty beliefs that these secular Christians follow. The ninth one is, this is a widespread belief that they follow. These people reject the notion that people are inherently sinful. You hear that? They say, no, nobody is inherently sinful. We're not just born with, as a sinner. I'm not born as a sinner. Paul, uh, David said, he says, I was conceived in sin and in iniquity was I conceived. I was born in sin and in Iniquity was I conceived. You hear that? Born in sin and in iniquity was I conceived. Let's move. The seven, the 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 forty-four percent of these secular Christians do not accept the premise that people are born into sin. However, Ephesians two one through three states, "As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and 
sin in which you used to live. Paul's telling them, this is what you used to be. He's writing to them as being former sinners, but now saved. When you follow the way of this world, when you were following the ways of this world and the evil spirit that promoted those things, who is now at work in those who are disobedient, those who are disobedient even right now, that evil spirit. We all, Paul's still writing, we all lived among them at one time, gratifying our flesh. We, like them, were by nature's objects of God's wrath. God brings his wrath down. This homosexual sin, God is going to, is bringing his wrath down on us even right now. Many secular Christians reject the fact that it is evident that they really do not know or believe what the Bible teaches. I love that. They, it's evident that they really do not know or believe what the Bible teaches. Therefore, we know that the Bible, that Bible illiteracy is rampant in our churches today. That's why there's so, so many of our churches are apostate because Bible illiteracy. I mean, illiteracy means they don't read. They can't read something. They don't read the Bible. They're illiteracy is Bible illiteracy in our churches today is rampant. So it's evident that they really do not know what the Bible teaches. The last one of the widespread faulty beliefs that are prevalent today is this. The purpose of accumulated personal wealth is unrelated to God's purpose. You hear that? Your accumulation or how you get rich has nothing to do with God's purpose. Over 50% of the secular Christians believe this seductive concept. However, 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, the 33rd verse teaches, nobody should seek his own good, but the good of others. For I am, Paul's talking, not seeking my own good, but the good of many. Paul then says, please follow my example as I follow Jesus Christ. I love that. We should desire God's glory, not personal wealth. This ought to be the goal of every Christian. Personal wealth should be seen as a gift from God that ought to be stewarded. That means you take good care of that personal wealth and leverage, I love that word, for God's glory. You hear that? That's what personal wealth is supposed to be seen as a gift from God. And we steward, we take care of what God has given us and we use it wisely and we leverage for God's glory. That word leverage means that we put it and use it as a powerful means to get to God's worship and God's commandments and his glory out there in this simple world. Well, I'm going to now, that was the 10th one. I'm going to now take those 10 widespread faulty beliefs and put them in the form of a question. Each one I'll deal with this as a question. Let's review the 10 that I've made formed into questions that the secular Christians respond to. First, does having faith matter more than what faith you might have? 62% agree. Just having faith, it doesn't matter what you believe. As long as you have faith, it's more important than what faith you might have. 
62% agree. Second, are all faiths of equal value? 62% again agree that all faiths are earned. If you are a Buddhist, that's as important as anything else. If you are a Muslim, that's as, as important. The faulty religions and the counterfeit religion of Islam, that's they, they feel that that's just as important as our Christian religion. Okay, let's move on to the third one. Do you believe, I put them in, remember I put them in the form of a question. Do you believe the notion of karma is a factor of life? 57% agree. They think that this whole concept, this Eastern concept of karma, this is what happens in your life and how your life evolves and how you move from one life to another life. You start out as a Brahma bull and you didn't do good as a Brahma bull and you end up as some low-life human being. <laughs> so 57% agree. Reincarnation, that's what it's talking about. The fourth one, do you believe there are no absolute truths? Remember, that's part of the postmodernism. And 67% agree, there is no absolute truth. Only a fool would believe that. Only a fool would believe there is no God who has the power to write a script that tells us and teaches us the moral way to live and the right way and the wrong way to behave. There are absolute truths, and it's found within our Bible. Five, number five. Do you believe that your morality is just an individualistic, is just individualistic, and there are no outside laws that you should be held accountable to? So you make the rules up for your morality. That's what these fools believe. And... There, there are no laws outside that they should be held accountable. 59% agree to that. That's stupid. That Bible's full of commandments and laws. Remember when they're at Mount, at Mount Sinai after they crossed the Red Sea? God gave them over 350 laws, commandments, and statutes to follow. So that's just a foolish concept to believe. You are accountable. And there are laws to keep you being accountable. Six, do you believe that people are basically good? I've gone through that. That's a humanistic thing. 69% agree that. They agree and follow that belief. No, they're not. We're all sinners saved by grace. If we're saved, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Number seven, a person's success in life is determined by your happiness, comfort, and goodness. 65% agree. And we said, your God gives you talents, and he allows you to be successful. And he is in charge of you, and you are not in charge of him. Number eight, do you believe that sexual sins apart from marriage are morally acceptable? 74% agreed to that stupid notion. No, sexual sins are affect your body, and they are practiced by those who people by people who have who are immoral and have sexual relations homosexuality and all those other ones nine do you believe that people are inherently sinful 44 percent agree and we said we're 
we are all sinners. We are all sinners, and we don't. We are born into a world of sin. Ten. Do you believe that the purpose of personal wealth is related to God's purpose? Fifty percent agree that personal wealth is re, is not related to God's purpose. Well, it is. God's the one that gives you the talents, and He's the one that blesses you in whatever way He chooses. And you are to leverage your wealth to get and to share up the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever it may be. All these questions asked to secular Christians, the answers are found in the Bible. And I gave you the, the biblical reference to each one. These 10 questions are widespread faulty belief that they follow and that they believe even today. Let's close. The only way to ensure that you have a biblical world view is knowing the Bible and living out God's word. Hosea speaks to this very issue. My people perish because they don't know me, and it is a fault of the religious leaders for you yourselves, he's talking, refuse to know me. Therefore, I refuse to recognize you as my priest. He's talking to religion. Since you have forgotten my laws, I will forget to bless you. And that's what I talk about all the time. Knowing God and being blessed because you're keeping his laws. You're not saved by his laws, but his laws are what govern us. Well, let's close for now. Thanks for sharing this time with me. Until our next podcast, may God continue to rich and bless you. Maranatha, Maranatha. That's a prophecy in itself. Christ is coming back again.